0: Welcome to another episode of Million Dollar Stories. My name is Mike Fallett, and I have a special guest who I have been able to uh, get to know over these past couple months. We've been working together. Uh, we got to go to a few events together regarding self storage and personal development, and uh, even self defense training. And this guy has been around the block. You are going to hear some stories, so stay tuned for this. Damon Nichols, best-selling author of the book called The Breakout Blueprint, and now the owner of strengthunderstress.com. Sus for those people out there paying attention. Damon, thanks so much for being here, dude.
1: Right on, man. It's good to be here, man. Good to see you.
0: We have a lot to get to, right? We can get into all kinds of stuff. I think where we should start is to get people to know your background, you know, why did you even write the book? Because I think people out there see the breakout blueprint, and they have no idea what you went through. So where did it all begin?
1: Well, it's been, it's been a long road. And it's been a been a wild ride. So uh, as I've gotten clean and sober, and, you know, got my life together and started building businesses, I just I figured, you know what, it's time for me to share my story and try to help other people that have gone through these same situations, uh, in and out of treatment centers, prisons, jails, whatever, you know, I spent, spent a lot of my life in and out of those places. And, you know, in a lot of really dark places, addicted to some substance or another, you know, years of, you know, cocaine and meth. And, you know, I, I had enough of my life. And I, and I see so many people go through the same cycles and never even really get out of those much less, to be able to become successful and break away from the W-2 world and, you know, be your own person. And so as I kind of had to reinvent who I was, I decided, you know what, I'm going to share my story and try to reach out and help as many people as I can. So.
0: What was the uh, defining moment? What, I remember interviewing you for the book and uh, you have a story in there regarding the judge giving you one last shot. Otherwise, you'd be going to prison for a very, very long time. So was that the moment where it started to click? And if not, what was the defining moment?
1: Uh, there was a couple defining moments. That one was a big one. And you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna add this because so the restaurant that I the commercial property that I bought, which is now my restaurant, was the home where a judge and his daughters grew up. So the judge that sentenced me to eight years community corrections and then later on sentenced me to uh, two years in the treatment facility but that was the same judge but he grew up in that house (laughs) hung out in that house which is now the restaurant and last couple weeks ago he was over there eating lunch and I walked up and asked him if he remembered me and you know vaguely and then I once I told him who I was it was like oh yeah and I said you remember sentenced me to eight years and he was like, Yeah, you didn't make it. And I said, then then you sentenced me to two years in a treatment facility. Yeah. And you know, looks like you're doing all right now. So he could have, he could have, because of the way the situation was with that facility, I was in a in a place that was they call voluntary aftercare. So I left during during that. But they didn't consider me a graduate. So then the DA came after me and was, you know, she was looking at trying to give me the 12 years, which I had originally had suspended. Well, when I went to court and I, you know, I talked to some, I got some counselors on there and some people, long story short, he decided that any more time. So he let me go, cut me free and loose, done, time served. And that was, you know, it was seven or eight years had gone by. Well, then I run into him at this in the restaurant and had a really good talk with him. And and so I got to sign a book and give it to him. And it was <laughs> very exciting for both of us to, to be able to share that moment. He, he told me, he's like, I've never sentenced anybody and had them come out and become successful and, and to give me a book that they wrote. So
0: it was a great moment for both of us. And the book he's talking about is this one, guys, The Breakout Blueprint. And uh, if you want to hold up your book, I want to make sure everybody sees that. It is an Amazon best seller as of right now. So check it out. You can't miss it. The breakout blueprint. It is reforming old belief systems, eliminating toxic habits, and overcoming fear to to achieve true freedom. So you talked a little bit about going away from the W-2 mentality into the entrepreneur mentality. And I think your first business was the restaurant or was it construction? Kind of tell me a little bit about that journey because going from a W-2 corporate employee or any type of employee to starting a business, it sounds like it's an easy transition, but I'm telling you, it is a 180 degree mind shift. Tell us yeah. about that.
1: So, you know, I spent, you know, when I was younger, I had a, I had a business, it didn't do very well, you know, but I spent most of my adult life just working for people. I, I had, you know, fairly mediocre jobs. Uh, and probably for about 10 to 15 years, I had some really good technical jobs. So I, I was a technician and an electrician in a, in a uh, factory and facility. And I worked on a lot of really complicated machinery. So I got, I got a really good technical mindset and I was looking at pursuing that as a career, but I also at the same time, you know, I knew that it was, it, it, I can only make so much money though, you know, and like a hundred thousand, $120,000 a year. That's what a lot of these, you know, top end, you know, top technicians, senior techs were, were making I'm like that. This just doesn't sound like what I want to do. You know, I don't want to have that cap, you know? So I was supposed to go start a job at a, at a place as a uh, PLC technician, a master, one of the master uh, PLC technician. Um, Oops. So that job, that job didn't work out for me. It was a really high paying job and I'm, I'm glad it didn't because That point, I was like, okay, what do I do? I don't I don't have a job at the time, kind of a side hustle. But I decided, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go out and try to find another job. I'm gonna do this on my own. So I started, you know, looking through Craigslist and you know different places, uh lead service companies, and it didn't take very long to figure it out, you know. But yeah, that whole transition of you know I don't, I don't know where my money's coming from i don't i don't know
0: scary as hell
1: yeah it was and you know i had a had family to support and i had a lot of stuff that
0: you know
1: i wasn't really sure about so sorry i had it i'm dealing with stuff on my computer so that was a that was a really tough time for me because i wasn't sure but i kept going and it seemed like i had to spend more time working i went from a 10 hours a day, six days a week to 16 hours a day, seven days a week. So it, it went from, you know, I had freedom in one sense, but it, it tied me up into stuff that I, I lost a lot of freedom over that.
0: Yeah. I mean, for the first couple of years, don't you think you're working nonstop? It's it's yeah. almost like you start a business for freedom, but for the, for the very beginning of that journey, you have zero freedom because you're tied to, every dollar, every next breath of fresh air, right? Like you needed to get to stage two to stage three and you're working nonstop. So when did you start to kind of maybe get your feet underneath of you?
1: So once I started, you know, learning about real estate, because I didn't know the first thing about it, I was really good at doing rehabs. I I could, you know, house pretty much by myself. And I knew that I wanted to, you know, learn all of the ins and outs of, of, of real estate, how to how to buy this stuff how to go through the contract process and you know all of that so i went to some classes and and, and i learned that and i started going to different places to you know find out you know to get the knowledge i needed to to do this so once i i did then that was another big jump like go to you know let's go put this house under contract let's go let's go put money up you know and i kind of talked about that in the book writing a check for money that I didn't have <laughs> a job. You what know? a risk. Yeah. Yeah. So then I, you know, once I started doing this and I, I did my first house all by myself from the ground up rehab, you know, and then it was like, okay, so how do I go about pulling the money out of the bank and, you know, refinancing and all that. So once I started learning how to do that, you know, and then I had another guy that wanted to come work for me and, so I started, you know, just building this up and then another guy. And so I started putting a few guys together and, and, you know, had a pretty good little company that was rehabbing houses, buying houses. And then I started getting people that wanted to invest in properties. And so that kind of went really well. It's still, still going good. I, I Fortunately, I still have most of the same guys and, but, but they're kind of doing other stuff too because we've kind of this whole thing the same kind of thing happened in the storage shed industry so I got kind of got into got hooked into building storage sheds and that turned into a you know now makes me probably more money than
0: anything so yeah I mean and so the entrepreneurial journey right it's not a straight path you're saying that okay you just needed to survive you got into flipping houses renovation and you've showed me some pictures by the way some scary things you've been through uh individuals I think you said uh, that you bought houses where people have died you had to you know renovate it from the ground up and it's kind of a uh, it's not a pretty uh process but once it is produced now you have something that's valuable you can rent it out or sell it but that kind of led you into the construction world which made you become very, very versatile in the self-storage uh, investment. So we, uh, I think we really connected because we have a love for self-storage. You kind of just fell into it. I have a client named Joey who, uh who is very big into that world. I fell in love with the model, how you make money, how you can refinance and the obvious trend of it growing. So self-storage, tell us a little bit about your journey on that because people out there, if they're looking to build one, you're the guy.
1: Yeah, well... I've got the guys that we can go anywhere and build them. We've been we've been everywhere from Washington to Minnesota and everywhere in between, as far down south as Arizona, and we're we're looking at stuff even farther south. So pretty much all over the country. Um, so kind of what with my model, unless I'm working around locally, I don't like to get into the concrete area because that's a whole other animal, but basically these guys, these guys. The homeowner will will purchase the building, uh, and and I've got some really good hookups with uh, building outlets and manufacturers. So I've worked with a couple that are done really well. I, I work with uh, Regency Buildings and and Sunward Steel Buildings. There's a couple of great companies. These guys are out of Denver, and um, you know I built a lot of buildings for them. But basically, <clears throat> these guys would just they are looking for people to come in and put them up like fast, you know. And I find it uh, that <clears throat> You know, we can go in and put up a couple buildings in you know a few days versus if you got a, if you hire a local guy, he's a lot of times they got other projects going on and it always always takes longer. I know even for me, if I'm working locally, I'm I've got three or four projects going on, so stuff doesn't get done as fast, and that's just the, the, the bottom line. But I've got some great people that I've worked with, uh kind of you know done a lot of it uh ground up uh the concrete work but i just i know it's a really good uh thing to get into that's going to bring cash flow and it's a good way to get money to, to pull money out to you know if you got a piece of property that serves no function other than to put buildings on it it's great
0: that's yeah, I doing. mean that—that's the beautiful part about it. Number one, it's growing everywhere. People are becoming uh, pretty used to seeing them on the road. I mean, I think years ago people thought they were ugly, right? They—they didn't—they weren't pretty. They didn't appreciate the uh, environment around them. Nowadays, I'm seeing them everywhere. K-marts yeah. are being converted into them because yeah. they're actually nice to look at. And people like you and Joe and all them are building them in a way that they're—they actually add value to the uh yeah. surrounding uh, environment for sure
1: right yeah the, the building that joe and those guys did that's a beautiful facility yeah so,
0: it's insane yeah. so you talk about the cash flow and i think your love is in something else outside of construction obviously you are great at what you do when it comes to building you do it to grow the business your team everybody seems like they're uh they're on board for the long haul of growing that company but you also have something else you're working on. And maybe if you want to tell us a little bit about the one and only (laughs) that you gave me this at the, uh, I think the last, of second to last event that we were at, SUS, Strength Under Stress. All right, so tell us a little bit about the genesis of this, man. Because what you really are learning as you read this book is more so the mindset of just being a problem solver and the mindset of overcoming adversity and maybe using it as fuel to build a great life. That's pretty much what this brand is all about, right?
1: it that's exactly what that brand is all about so the four of us myself my wife celeste jake and katie we've all gone through some some pretty crazy experiences in life to be you know where we're at now we're 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 all you know fairly successful you know like me and and celeste both you know went through you know a lot of years of, of addiction and dealing with you know trauma and just all of those kind of issues we've we've overcome that now you know we've had jake has dealt with some stuff with it you know he watched his dad deteriorate for for several years and just fade away from cancer into nothing he couldn't really do anything about it you know so he's just watched you know his dad die and it was you know he, he went through that and so he's got you know that little element you know and, and katie she she went through you know years of abusive relationship uh, or an abusive relationship. She, She pretty much had one relationship and, you know, just all of the stuff that, that went with that and to come out on the other side and, you know, gain her independence and, you know, get away from that, you know, mental abuse. And, and I don't know, so much physical abuse, but just all of that stuff that comes with those kind of toxic relationships, you know, we've all came from, you know, severely toxic relationships. You know, I think we're all in, you know, really good relationships. Now we, we work really hard on our personal growth. We, we work hard on getting to the core of, you know, certain issues that have caused us to do things we've done, but the basis of the company is to, you know, empower people to be able to find that strength to get through these, you know, situations in life. Uh, and then the unique thing about this, it, it's, it's, Primarily uh, an apparel company, but we'll be doing other stuff. So the U in this, on the under, yeah, that's that's going to be customizable. And I, I might have one here if I dig that out real quick.
0: Yeah, so, I you know, love some cool. of the things you were putting together on the trip. I, I don't know if they were mock-ups or whatnot, but I was fascinated yeah. by how you were able to customize that across many different uh, so, uh, pieces of apparel.
1: I have this one you can kind of see it it's it's got a it's got an American flag in.
0: It. Yeah, I love it. And
1: then I so I have another one it's it, it's got a U on it, you know, gets now but it's pink, which represents, you know, breast cancer. So, uh we have back the blue. So, you customize your U for whatever you've gone through. If you know somebody that went through maybe breast cancer, you want to paint U in that, you can buy something for them or that get, you know, Brings that out and says, "You know what? I I beat this, you know, or like I've it. gone through this, and 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 I had to find, you know, whatever it was to get past this in my life. So you're gonna you'll be able to customize your you. You'll be wearing a custom piece of gear or whatever that that has something. And then the, the nice thing about it is, we're gonna be contributing money to these different causes. So Stout Street Foundation is where it's a two year treatment program that I went through. And I really want to give back to them. And, you know, they're, they're uh, solely based on donations. So if I can help them, you know, all of their meals are, they have to go out and, you know, get donations for their meals, their their housing, their everything. So their food. What's it called? Home. What's it called? It's called the Stout Street Foundation. Got it. All right. They're, Look in, that they're up. Out of Denver and it's just, it's a long-term addiction, uh, it's a behavioral modification
0: program is what it is. Are they all across or are they just in Colorado? Or? It, this one's just
1: in Colorado, but I think they have a couple locations in Colorado, but they're also uh, teaming up with some other people that are uh, another, another organization. And I'm not sure I'm going back Thursday to talk to them. And I'm actually going to be probably doing a presentation for them. So that, that's going to be kind of cool, but like uh, mental health, that's another one that, you know, uh, it's becoming
0: rampant. yeah
1: we want to find where we can you know most use those dollars it's pretty pretty broad field so we want to really be specific in, in what we do because we want our money to go to something that's and not some corporate you know to pay somebody's salary right we, we want this money to be in you know some kind of prevention or something that's going to actually help people and we're we're still putting that together. Um, the even
0: in in animal cruelty. So ah uh, that's that's what caught my heart for sure. Yeah. I would want to be a part of that.
1: Yeah. So that's you know, that's the other thing. And and uh Celeste's son had just said, yeah, I want one of those, well, I want a fish hook. And I'm like, oh man, that's perfect. We can turn <laughs> you into a fish hook. So then we can so that now we can find something in where we can maybe give back to some kind of a humane society or something that's gonna maybe help or prevent. You know, I talked to a guy that was looking at trying to come out with an affordable line of raw dog food that you know normal people or regular people can can buy because it's stupid expensive to feed your dogs wrong. Oh or to yeah, feed, to feed your animals right. So he's trying to find a, a, a way to do that. So we would be able to contribute to something like that how can we help to make you know good food affordable for people because they don't have that or maybe something that could help you know where if they've got a you know medical help with people that can't afford some kind of medical uh stuff for their for their animals so so those are the kind of things that we're we're looking at doing um definitely domestic violence is another one so
0: and So is it is it like a percentage of the apparel sales will go to certain causes depending yes. on the time of year and whatnot? Yeah. And so we're
1: still trying to put all of that together. And right now we're, you know, uh, and, you know, I could probably talk to you more about some of this stuff. And, and I maybe want to throw some stuff out in one of the inner circle meetings. Um, but, yeah, definitely. That's what we're working on. And we've been every day you know, coming up with this stuff and we're building this, we've got our website built and, you know, we're spending a lot of time and money to get this thing going. And, you know, we've got a lot of people already just in the last month that are, you know, they want product, they want it, they want to be involved, you know? So, but the website is also, we want to create a community in that. That community, they can be part of that. Where there's also resources for people to go to that are dealing with maybe suicide or or addiction or whatever, and they can reach out to people. So it's more than just you know selling clothes. We want to we want to be able to connect with people.
0: So that's what I think your your superpower is. You're able to connect with people who have a past that maybe they're afraid to share with the world. Right? I saw you on stage speaking at Joe Evangelisti's uh, self storage event. And you're a natural speaker because you're speaking directly from the heart. And this new identity that you are really um diving in on, right? Best selling author, speaker creating the sus company. Uh tell us a little bit about that transformation. Why now? Why is it time to kind of wake people up now?
1: I sorry, you your connection lost. Tell, tell about what? What do you say? Yes.
0: So I saw you speaking uh at Joe Evangelisti's event. And you're speaking on stage about, you know, your, what you overcame, what you're, what you've accomplished and where you're going. And I think it's because you're able to connect with people from that background to such a high degree, but why now, what, what's the reason, what's the fuel pushing you to do it now? And, you know, where do you see yourself whenever this is all, uh, available for the world to see? Like, what do you, what do you see yourself doing in the next three or four years? Basically, to help individuals do what you've done,
1: so yeah, that's a that's a yeah, there's a, there's a lot there, but i I definitely um I know that I can yeah reach out to people and help people and I, I think you know I want to get away from all of the building and everything, but to be able to you know maybe connect people with resources or to be uh, a resource for somebody or to be you know, hopefully I can maybe help somebody get their story out, you know, and the more you talk about these things, the more you, you put them out there, you, you're you actually working on it. You know, and I'm finding that the more I talk about it, the more I talk about the traumas in my life and the more I openly go out there and say, this is what I did in my life. And this is how it hurt me. And this is, this is what I've learned from it. The more I can heal those things. And, yeah. So that's, that's what I want to be able to do. I, I made a great connection with Wesley there the other day. And so we've been talking and, you know, and so Wesley said, Morris. Yes, Wesley it? Morris. Yes. And and so I really, I really like that guy. And great guy. He, he got a strong connection. It was crazy because he's kind of come from the same background. He walked into that barn. The first person he walked up to was me. It's crazy. <laughs> and we have the same story. The law of
0: the universe—you yeah. find each other, like yeah. attracts like.
1: Yeah, and so, so that's kind of where I'm going with all of it, man. You know, there's, you know, guys out there like Nick Santos Nosto. great guy. You know, I really connect with his story, and you know, I want to, I want to be out there. I like the way he was able to just take people through these emotional states. Cool. Great, speaker. it was awesome. Yeah, and, and it just it really resonated with me. But it also got so many things turning in my mind. It's like, okay, this is this is how I can be effective. I want to, I want to touch people like that. So that's that's where that's where I'm looking at in the next you know couple, two or three years is and then I also want to help people, you know, I want to show people what it takes to go from point A to point B. I can give you every step on how to get into real estate. I mean, I've gone I've done a lot of real estate. Uh, I do I do a lot of tax lien stuff. So I'm really familiar with that, you know? And so I, I, I went to one of those courses and bought into that. And then I bought a bunch of tax liens. I go to, I go to a lot of options, And so I've been in that game too. And so if I can help somebody get into that, you know, so I really want to help people. There's, a, there's a whole bunch of vehicles, entrepreneurship that, maybe i can help you know and i i'm not holding anything back you know you want to know how to do this i'm willing to show you all of it you know yeah. show you everything i
0: got that's what i get from you you're real you're authentic and even going back to that speech one more time i just want to say that you are so natural when it comes to just communicating your story to people that there's no fluff and i think people resonate with somebody who is so uh transparent like that and unafraid. A lot of people would be afraid to say some of the things that uh, that that you've gone through. So I commend you. Uh, you also have a very cool past when it comes to drumming. All right, there's videos of you on YouTube and whatnot. Any crazy stories? You were you were a part of the music world for a while, so your background is just wild. Anything that was um, you know memorable when it comes to the the music world that you'd love to have one more taste of.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, I'm I've kind of been going through that with my wife right now. And I've been I've been dealing with some stuff and I've kind of had some things that have triggered me lately just because you know I, I'm not actively playing in a band and it's it's hard for me. You know, I have I have a really, really nice drum set, but when I go out and I sit down and I play it, I get I start getting angry because I'm not able to, you know play and and be out doing what I want to do for me to just, it's one thing to just go sit out and play, but I'm, I've gotten to the point where, you know, I really, it's, it's such a deep passion of mine and and that I I can't do it because I, I mean, I don't don't want to say I can't do it. It's just, I got a, a lot of things going on right now and finding people, you know, Jake is a musician, but just finding the time, to be able to dedicate to that because oh. there is there is no other feeling and and only another musician can can uh feel where i'm coming from where well, you're there and you're in the groove and you and it's just you're connecting with the with the rest of the band and you're you're on a whole nother level and there, nothing nothing can ever match that you know and it's something that i can't i can't express in words but I guarantee you that every other musician out there knows exactly what I'm talking about.
0: And this isn't like real subtle, you know, just keeping the beat drumming. The stuff that you play is wild, right? I mean, i look like a 10 piece, 10 piece setup. I'm not sure, but I think it, it's a
1: 12.
0: Yeah. Yeah. 12 piece setup. I mean, it's wild. So, uh, what is it? The, uh, there's a couple, like the greatest drummer of all time. They say is Neil Peart, right? Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's up
1: there. Definitely wanted to talk. Yeah.
0: So uh, is that like your idol? Do you have another one out there? Because I think that um,
1: well, it's got to be Dave Lombardo, man. He's (laughs) he's my all time
0: favorite.
1: Slayer, my band, you know, like
0: got it, yeah. yeah. I like I like Slayer. Uh, Who's the lead singer? What's his name?
1: Raya Tom Raya. Oh, he
0: would have, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Those guys are great, man. I love I love that band. They they actually that defined me as a person through the '80s and through the '90s. You know, I was the I was the wild metalhead that brought that stuff to this town, you know, to just a little small, small farming community. People were like, what the hell is this kid listening to? You know? And it just, I was like, Oh yeah. So much power and raw, you know,
0: I'm such a big fan. I, I mean, of his, uh, of Tom's political, uh, opinions. If, if yeah. you guys, if you know him, he used to be very vocal on Twitter and Instagram until he shut it all down. I think I haven't seen him in a while,
1: Yeah, but man. Oh
0: man. He has some serious courage and I can't believe he puts it out there because, you know, not many people in the music, music world think like him. And I'm yeah. so, uh, so blown away that he's so outspoken and I love it.
1: And, and that's the thing about them is people don't really know what they're they listen to their music and they are like, Oh, it's just a bunch of devil worshippers. But, that's that's not even the case at all.
0: No, he's very they spiritual. Have, he's a big yeah. Christian, I believe. I'm pretty sure.
1: They 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 have a you know they'll they'll have their differences. Kerry King's kind of got his own opinion on on that, but you know they're uh, you know they they put this music out because it caused a lot of controversy, but it also made them blow up, and you know it was brilliant. But when you when you really sit and listen to what they're what they talk about and what their beliefs are you know it's it's not it's not all what they're what they're singing about you know like they no they're singing about this as maybe a third person or whatever you know every album so um yeah those guys have you know they're they're great guys you know they've got uh they've got a great message and they're just they're just all around good guys you know
0: he, they, he reminds me of dave mustaine are you a big uh mega yeah. fan dave yep Dave is the man. If you if you yep. listen to what he has been saying for the past, I don't know, maybe 20 years, maybe more, maybe the whole whole life. He is so spot on. And now I'm listening to the music for the mm-hmm. words. Yep. And he has nailed it when it comes to the new world order and everything. It's happening oh, yeah. politically. He saw this coming. I believe oh, yeah. Dave Mustaine is a genius.
1: Yeah, he was way ahead of his time. He was he was writing about this stuff when it, when it was only conspiracy theorists. You know? <laughs> so he was, you know, but yeah, Dave, Dave and the thing is, is, he's been down, he's dealt with addiction, been in and out of that. And he, he's also, yep. you know, he, he's kind of, you know, like a lot of them, but he's he's gone down some pretty dark roads and kind of came out the other side. And, you know, and now he's dealing with, uh, you know, whatever cancer I think he's. Had to deal with which I, guy's still out there playing music, man.
0: Whalen, like, by yeah. the way, I just went it's to his it. last concert here in Pittsburgh. The dude is still as fast as ever.
1: <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. yep yeah.
0: wild. So, so yeah,
1: it's so music has always been my passion, and and the fact that I I can't really do it right now, kind of stirs something inside of me, and it and
0: it's a missing uh, piece.
1: It is, you know, maybe I'll get that back. My brother, my brother Lex probably one of the best musicians I've ever known seeing. I mean, the guy is a tremendous guitar player. Like everything he does, as a matter of fact, he's he's got a concert tomorrow night um, and he does everything from like Indian music. He plays flutes. He plays all all types of instruments, but he's also an awesome metal guitarist. So, I mean, if I my ultimate band would be band with me and him and, and I don't know who else it would, would be involved, but man, I would, I would love to record an album with him. Oh, I did. But I mean, I'd love to record a metal album with him. I have recorded other stuff with him, but it was not, not the same. So
0: yeah, well, I would say that, uh, I'm seeing a trend of all the most successful entrepreneurs that I know who are the happiest. It seems like they pick up this hobby after they built the business and they have the freedom. It's almost like they go back to their childhood and they find that thing that they let, they let go. Right. Tony Watley's is a guy that I look up to, and he just picked up skateboarding again. He's a 50-some-year-old guy. Skateboarding at 50 years old, people would think that that's insane, right? Well, he has everything: he's got the cars, the businesses. But to find that one missing piece that kind of keeps him youthful inside, you got to do it, right? And so yours sounds like drumming. Me, it was motorcycles. The moment my business started to work, I started getting back into motorcycles. So it's important yeah. for those people out there as they build the business. To not lose that sense of identity, what really drives them, right? And I think that's the that's kind of the
1: fear, because I think I when I start looking at that, then I I start having this fear of you know my my lifelong dream is I'm I'm not going to get that or or I'm losing it or I won't ever have that chance to get that back again, you know? Because I mean that was a that was a high that was you know unlike any other. Kind of a drug, so to not to to think "Ah, I may not ever be able to have that again is kind of you know it's like I don't think I'm ready to let that go. So (laughs) I I, you regret it. I do the other stuff, you know, like I have a really really fast motorcycle, and I just just got it back out the other day, and I've been been at both my motorcycles are parked outside now, and like oh yeah, I'm riding, I'm riding. I'll be probably riding today, but. Yeah, I have to find those things, too. You know, I I race these races. I run these ultra long whatever, these crazy, you know, obstacle course races or whatever, you know, because I got to I got to stay doing that. You know, or I, I look for, you know, these really crazy amusement park rides and stuff like that. So,
0: you know, I. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. I want to get into the fitness side of you, right? So, you know, you you talked about how you do ultra marathons and and Spartan races. It seems to me like you just love testing yourself, maybe to see your boundaries or limits, but also it keeps your mind occupied of the challenge, right? The obstacles, the way, as they say. So uh, you love pursuing what's difficult and what's scary simply because it makes you stronger, very much in alignment with your brand. but. You know, tell us a little bit about that first race or why you got into that in the first place.
1: Well, all my life I was, you know, I liked to run, you know, when I was, when I was a little kid, I, I fell through a a ladder and I, I snapped my femur and was in a hospital in, in traction for five weeks. And it took me over a year to learn how to walk again. And they said it would never be right. So once I, once I got out of the sling and the cast and all of the stuff that I was in, and I started learning how to, walk again and all i wanted to do is run and I, and i did that all the way through school you know i got into track and i and i just loved to run and do all of that running and wrestling that was my that was my big thing and then you know then life started happening and then you know the, the addiction came so it was just it was really hard to do you can't you can't do drugs and be a runner so but once i once i got clean you know then i like you know what i, I really have this passion for running so i started started running again. And then, you know, I think I was maybe 48, 49 years old that are like, you know what? I want to start. I, I, my body is still in good enough shape that I can go out and I can race. And so, so I, I got in and I did a couple, uh, they were triathlons. They weren't, they weren't real big, but it was a running and biking and swimming, you know? So they were, for me, I say not real big cause they were only like it was a 10 mile bike and a three or four mile run and, and, uh, you know, 40 mile swim. Um, but at the time it was a lot. Um and then I did really well at it. And I'm like, okay, I can still I can still do this. And then it just kinda gave me that drive to keep going. And then I started signing up for five Ks and 10 K's. And then, then I got introduced into Tough Motor. And then it was like it was, you know, like this is what I want to do. And so
0: Yeah, guys, just so you know, he invites me to all these tough mudders and he says stuff about running through mud with electric wires. And I'd kind of like distance myself whenever he asked me about that, because that just sounds insane. But I still want to do one. It's just not yet. And these are these are long races. Some of them. What was the one race you did? It's uh, is it 50 miles or is it 100? No, no.
1: So I did. The last year I did two and they were back to back. There were two 12 mile runs oh, I did okay. and one on Sunday. So that was, that was kind of rough, but uh, we were actually going to be going out to Montana to go do this ultra, but uh, some stuff came up in the last couple of days and uh, Jake's going to be gone. And I think their uh, graduation's happening that week. So you were
0: going to go out there with Jim Riley, right? Another yeah. fellow entrepreneur business uh, investor right. slash bestselling author.
1: Yeah. So we still want to, you know, we're just going to have to find one a little bit later. You know, we still, there's still that one out in Philly. If you want to go, it's a, it's a eight hour one, but you could do, you could do the, you could do the five mile or six or whatever mile we're going to do the infinity, which is eight hours, but
0: I'll do you know, the, uh, uh, I'll do sort of the Irish goodbye and I'll say, Oh, I'll, I'll see you there. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll let you know about that. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. So, you know, some of those
1: come up that I've done you know, some fairly long races, you know, 25, 30 mile, uh, runs. I've done some hundred mile bike races. So, um, and then in 2020 uh, I raced BMX cause that was the only thing I could do. Like they shut down all the Spartans and tough motors. I didn't so even
0: know that <laughs> I got <laughs> together.
1: You know, my, well, my brother, he's been like BMX all his life. He's been in magazines and everything. He's like, Hey, let's go. So, you know, we built a track in town and we got on a circuit and started going. And actually ended up taking, I think, second in state that year in 2020. So and he did, too, I think, second and first and second because we did a regular class, age group and a cruiser class. And I think I was second and third and he was like first and second in state.
0: So. I didn't but, even know this. How How did I know this? I was a big BMXer. I love the movie Rad. I, I, I used yeah. to get the magazines with Pistol Pete on it. Remember Pistol Pete? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, it was just a it was a it was a brief time in my life, I guess. It was a it was one year when I couldn't I couldn't run. I, I could do that.
0: So, you what know. type of bike do you have? Did or do you have, have or did you have? Was it a Haro, Dino, what?
1: I have a Haro. I have two Haros. I have a I have a dirt jumper and then I have a uh
0: uh I think it's a cruiser.
1: I'm not sure.
0: Okay. Wow. What year is that? Is it one of the 80s? 90s? It's, no, this was a brand new bike. It was a oh. 2020
1: bike. I bought Got brand it. Brand
0: it. So, they're I still bought, around. Both of,
1: them, both of them in 2020. So, my brother's got a really nice red line from the 80s. It's a pretty sweet bike.
0: My brother's got his old Mongoose still. Mongoose yeah. used to be a really good brand. I think they got bought out mm-hmm. by some other cheaper brand.
1: Yeah. So, not, not really been that big into it, not as much as he has. And just it was something for me to do so I could do something so I could still go out and compete.
0: Man. Yeah. Why is that so important, though, for anybody out there listening? I mean, entrepreneurship is so difficult. I think your mind and your body have to be in uh, in sync. And the only way to do that is to stress your mind and the body at the same time. Why is it so important for others to, if they want to have that breakout in their life, to get their diet, their fitness, their health in check?
1: Well, when you start feeling good about yourself and you wake up in the morning and you feel good, when you physically feel good, it changes the whole dynamic of your day changes everything, you know? And when you, when you, you know, you get up, you know, sometimes I I have a hard time getting out of bed. I'm a little sore and everything, but once I get stretched out and I get going, I'll go, go run, you know, I'll go put on five, 10 miles, come back, jump in the shower. Man, it just changes my whole day. And just to be able to feel good all the time, it's, you know, it's, it's, it puts you in a whole different world, you know? And, I love, I love what I do. I love the way I feel, you know, and one of the things that, uh, I think it was, um, Keaton said, how many people up there have, have your dream body when he was talking on stage dream life? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm pretty, pretty close to that. You know, I'm pretty satisfied. I'm always working to get better, but I'm happy. I love the way I look. I love the way I feel, you know? And it took me a while to get there because there was a point I was 218 pounds and I had a hard time tying my shoes and I didn't feel good. I dealt with aches and pains and, you know, I still have some, but they're not like they were. And as I started working on my diet and cutting all the crap out, you know, all these things started going away. I'm like, ah, oh. you know, and I found that I can still eat good food because that's, a, I think, a stigma that people have. Oh, if I if I eat healthy, it's not going to taste good or something
0: like, Oh shit. The best All stuff
1: way. I have. Yeah. Very healthy. You know? So, um, I love what my wife cooks for me. She's, you know, very good cook and she, she comes up with some stuff and she's like, Oh, it's only got three ingredients. And I'm like, man, this is, this is amazing. So yeah, she's really good at doing that. So I have to, have to give her that.
0: Last so, question I have for you, uh, is the, freedom aspect you and i both share the same sentiment when it comes to the importance of freedom financial freedom spiritual freedom mental freedom you know physical freedom time and location freedom so people out there probably don't even understand what's happening in the world right they don't even realize what's happening with the banks and uh you know how the media and the politics and all this does really involve taking your rights away taking away your freedom why is it more important than ever to get their money right, their mind right, their body right. You know, what do you say to those people out there who say, "Hey, I'm free. At least I feel free. So why should I change anything?"
1: Yeah, because it's just like boiling a frog in water, you know? They slowly do it over time and before before the frog even realizes he's dead. And that's what they're doing to people out there. "Oh, we're going to do this." in you know for your safety or for your whatever and they don't have your best interest in mind nobody nobody Nobody. people in these groups they have your best interest in mind they're going to want to help you you know break out of whatever you know crap you're getting into and become better you know but that doesn't involve oh let's let's give up this right or this freedom so that everybody else can be safe um and that's what That's the whole thing that's being pushed right now and this whole agenda of, you know, there are so many things. The rabbit hole is so deep where let's let's conserve this or let's protect this or let's do this. And it's all taking away your freedom. Business owners are, you know, they're getting every little thing. You know, I just I was up the other day talking to these guys up in Moffitt. You know, I'm not a I'm not a weed guy. No, I used to be but these guys up there when they they were talking to me about like they've they're ratcheting up the stuff for like the 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 guidelines for heavy metals in in the to sell commercial weed so like they test it for heavy metals and if it meet if it if it's above this threshold you can't sell it you can't sell it in a store or commercially or whatever basically you can't sell it because then it's illegal. Yeah, but you know, they, they spray all this stuff out in the skies and then they, and then they lower the the threshold to where like your stuff is going to have that no matter what you can't get away from it. And and that's all part of the agenda of what they're doing. They're like, okay, let's let's, oh, we want this green, but let's tax this, this, and this. Well, when you do that, you cause this, this, and this to be even worse. Yep. And and people they don't they don't understand that they don't um, they don't see the backside of all of what's going on. You know, Jake he owns a Tesla. You know, and it's an awesome car. But the thing about it is, you got to have another car. We can't even (laughs) go. We can't. We we had to go to go to Moffat. We had to go. You know, the long way, and it took us twice as long because we had to stop the charge. We had we couldn't go the regular route. So like you're 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 limited. That's taken away from there. But you know how many. You know, diesel fuel vehicles. Did it take to get that power station up and running? What kind of a strain is it putting on the grid? You know, like what kind of a all of those things that you know are not. But it. But that goes to kind of every aspect of that and the freedom that we're losing. You know, we're losing it every time the bank makes a decision. It's going to affect your bottom dollar. Every time they put some kind of a tax out there, that's going to so Oh, help this people or this fund or this what stimulus or this, like it's got to come from somewhere and people don't realize that. And every
0: action has a reaction and these reactions are
1: worse than anything prior to that. Right. And people don't realize that. And it's like, okay, if you can get away from having to, the more money you make as a W2 employee, the more they're going to take, then the more you're going to have to pay for this tax. And the more you're going to have to pay for this and you're not going to, you're not going to have nothing by the time. And that's what they want. They want you in that little box. Keep doing it. Let's work. You know, put in a few more hours so you can give us a little bit more money. And and then stuff that's going up. It's making it to where they're, they're just narrowing that margin of people that are going to be able to do anything.
0: That's right. That's why you need to break out, build break a out. business, and be free in every shape and form, right? You got to get your mind right, your money right, your business right, your family right, and you got to have a plan B, C, and D because when shit hits the fan, you got to be ready.
1: Yeah, that's it. It's beautiful. Yeah, don't don't find yourself, you know, stuck when the power goes off and they can't get it turned back on for a week, you know? I mean, I I I see it coming. We're going to start having – they're already having these rolling blackouts. It's going to get worse and worse and worse.
0: Oh, yeah, right? What so we, do, what the writing's when, on the wall.
1: Yeah, what are you going to do when you – you you got no power for four or five days. Now know, your food's going to spoil your.
0: So. Yep. The, this book is for the person who is ready to escape the cage. They have been living in their whole life. Guys, if you're out there and you feel like you're in some sort of cage, maybe even if you are in a real cage, this book will help you break out and start to get your mind right, your body, right, your habits, right. And your business, right? So, Damon Nichols, the website is called strengthunderstress.com. You can start to be a part of the SUS journey. And uh, yeah, shout out to uh, Josh Brisbane for yes. the event where he dropped that word and you yeah. said, that is the name. I like it. Let's yeah. do it, right?
1: Yeah, it, it all it all happened in, in LAX and on the airport are they on a, our airplane back from, uh, from Los Angeles to Denver after that event? So Josh, you know, you had a big part in that. We just, we just got a, we sold a whole bunch of merchandise. So you guys will all be, you know, getting some of that. We'll be able to we'll be able to post some stuff out where people can be able to start getting into that stuff. So
0: beautiful. The Savage Syndicate. Uh, if you guys are interested in learning how to defend yourself, that's what we recommend to look up. Uh, the guest we had today, Damon Nichols is uh, available online. You can find him on Instagram and Facebook and all over. So get in touch with him. If you want to be a sponsor, you want to be a part of anything he's putting together when it comes to strengthunderstress.com, And, uh, he'll be looking out to help you break free. Remember guys, by writing a million dollar book, it will lead to a million dollar life. Right on. Stay sus.